Chris, it's such a delight to be recording an episode of Rank Ideas with you. I can't hide it. I have no KG remove from the joy that doing this podcast is in my life. I'm not interested in having it. Um, yeah, we're going to do the bit where we decide what uh, idea we're going to rank. I'm going to love that. I'm going to love the discussion. I'm going to love the the opening opening song and the opening credits. Not live because obviously that gets edited in after, but when I'm listening back to the episode of my own podcast later on when it goes up, which I always do, I'm going to love that as well. Um, and and part of a big chunk of that, Chris, is that I love you. I, despite not doing any of the things that you've just said, I love you too, Nick. Nah. You, you, you really zeroed in on the critical bit. You've been awake for a few hours, Chris. Do you have a thought about what we might do today? Look, we were just having an off-mic conversation about um, a few things that maybe that, that floated into my mind that, that could be interesting to look at, like uh, bureaucracies or um, mm. uh, comedy, comedy as well. Because um, uh, we we did jokes quite early on in the run of the podcast, so yeah, comedy is a distinct idea from that. Yeah, pretty good. It is different, but uh, and even bureaucracy feels like we've we've done sort of adjacent things, but um, uh, but also it's 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 it doesn't sound particularly sexy. It doesn't leap off the page. <laughs> you're not, yeah. There's you you're rarely seeing the words bureaucracy, bureaucracy, bureaucracy in like red neon, like on a strip somewhere, um, <laughs> maybe in Stockholm. Um, the yeah, maybe um, the other ones that had been on my mind where um, I was thinking about nostalgia, um, which obviously you know is an idea I get activated around um, in the negative, so it's always interesting to look at stuff where I have an instinctive feeling. Um, and then uh, at some point I thought it would be fun. Remember we did, we had that lost episode that we started recording and 10 minutes in we realised that I'd, I had messed up the recording and it was going well, which is uh, bullying. Um, we, sh- we should do the bullying episode from scratch again at one, ep- one time because that one's going to be really good. I am so sorry to to bully you in this, but I think we should do nostalgia because I'm not. I, I don't have. I don't share a negative um, predisposition to it, and I think it could be fun to 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 win me around or win you around. Cool. Well, now I'm looking fondly back to 30 seconds ago before I knew that about you. So you know, who knows? It, all bets are off now. <laughs> let's uh, let's cue we up. Go Lu- back. <laughs> we need to go back. Let's cue Luke up, and then on the other side, we will do an episode of Rank Ideas on nostalgia. <laughs> Thank you, Luke. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Rank Ideas Podcast. You're with the greatest podcast host in the world, myself, Chris Andrew, and my dear beloved, Nick Deladovic. Uh, and together, we're on a mission to rank every single idea in the canon of human thought on our list, which is ever-expanding, obviously, and it's going in order from best to worst. And today, somewhere from the top to the bottom, we're going to put on that list the idea of nostalgia. Nostalgia? Uh, <laughs> the definition... Yeah. <laughs> Since we're not doing comedy, I thought I might put just a single moment of it in Eclamps, there. Eclampsia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can't stands ya. The definition of nostalgia is something that we should establish at the outset. Uh, is the That's the hole we've dug for ourselves in this format. Um, would you like to hazard a go, Chris, or would you like me to do it? Oh, I may as well lean in. Um, maybe I'll grow as a person through the challenge. Uh, nostalgia is a, um, it's a, a fondness for something from the past. 
uh, and it's it's kind of a, a, it's bounded in the fact that it is is from a past the the fondness um, yeah rather than just being like oh I remember oh god god I had such a good day it's like no I like I like being here it reminds me of you know an earlier time I don't know. Does is, that, it, is, that, is that is is that fair? Yeah, it's good. Do you think there's an explicit implication, maybe, that it's um, thinking a fondness of a of a time that is that is or feels definitively past, as in, like it's not it's having you know you can yes you're you're less likely to have nostalgia for like last weekend because you may still be in a present where you could achieve those same a sense of that same state. Whereas nostalgia is an idea that yeah, there was a thing, there was a there was a there was a state of being or a set of phenomena that is no longer the case. And that uh, is creating an ev- that 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 lack of of access to it, um, except in the memory, um, is creating a more acute uh, and a more acute sense of longing for it or fondness for it. Does that seem right? Well, you're getting dangerously close to to criticism within the definition there, Nick. <laughs> no, but uh, <laughs> yes, that, me. De- definitely, definitely the. Uh, I think it's fair to say that it's um, a fondness for something that is does does not exist anymore. Um, that you've experienced. Yeah. Oh, and, uh, you could be nostalgic for things you haven't experienced, but, uh, well, I mean, now who's criticizing within the definition? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I think that is, well, look, I'd say that, yeah, without getting too in the weeds too quickly, we're talking about memory. We're talking about an emotion attached to the process of memory. Um, a process that we know is faulty. Um, Memory is as at least as much a process of construction, more than just recall, more than just what we feel it is, which is the recall of events. It's a construction of past events and a construction of event of of a uh, of a past. So yeah, like nostalgia, often at least, if not all the time, often is an an exercise in in an imagined past, um, or at least an aggregated past. Like if it's you know if like sometimes. You know, I mean, people do, you do, you have, um, you sort of le wrong generation type vibes where you have people for longing, longing for, uh, yeah. it's longing for eras that they weren't even a part of, you know, just romantic, but that's more romanticizing, um, which obviously romance is uh, quite near the bottom of our list. But yeah, so I think we can separate that out from, I think we, I would be happy to keep, uh, to be more generous and to keep the bounds of nostalgia as a definition to people remembering Stuff that at least they did experience, even if their memory of it is um, is uh, constructed after the fact or wonky or compromised. Maybe we should talk about that a little bit because that, that that that's a presupposition that we bring up a lot, um, and rightly so. That uh, you know, our perceptive experience of the of reality is 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 predictive and constructed in so many ways. Um, mm. uh, but we don't talk about it necessarily. Like that's the case very often, and we certainly don't build all our all our ideas around that. Um, uh, demonstrated reality. Yeah. Um, but maybe, maybe, you know, maybe it would be fun for our listeners to, for us to yeah. bounce that around a bit, because it is, it is pretty, I, I'd say inextricably linked to what will become our criticisms of, of nostalgia. That's it. We, we, we probably have to talk about it to talk about, to actually rank nostalgia, um, let alone just talk about it in a critical way. But yeah, I feel like, cause as you say, like even, even you and I talking about this, which demonstrates that we intellectually know that we are predictive organisms mostly, as in we're not just reacting to stimuli around us. We are far more taking a bunch of of learned and conditioned uh, concepts, ideas, like uh, say you know, predi- and turning them into predictions uh, for what we think will happen. And again, when I say think, it's happening at a at a subconscious level. 
and um, yeah, like we are, we are, we are walking into the world as a bunch of loaded presuppositions and predictions, and and that we're kind of, and we're running those subroutines in space. Um, but and so we we, but again, you and me intellectually knowing that it's still really hard to think that way or to act that way to ourselves or, or to. Was it impossible to es- escape? Yeah, your sensory experience of the world. You know, that's that's going to be definitive engagement. I think maybe a nice metaphor for it is those like the you know, there's optical illusions of like you know the one with the table where it's, you look at it and it's got three legs, but you just can't stop seeing that there's like that there's a, it's a complete table as you look away or something. Do, mm. do you know the one that I mean? Uh, yeah, I do. Or, or, or any, any of those any of those optical illusions where you you see the shape and you know or the one with the you know you're like those lines are definitely bent and you know you put a ruler on it and they're straight and like but how how can it be it's, it's it's I guess it's kind of the same across uh, all of our perceptive realities is the, your brain to save energy um, is just constantly solving things for as it expects they will become or will or will be um, as you perceive them in a ca- in a way that's just not accurate. And you can see that that's, but it doesn't stop you from experiencing that table as being, uh, it, you know, you're incapable of not, or the elephant with the five legs, like, yeah. you know, it's, it's, uh, it's inescapable, obviously, uh, um, you know, not obviously, but, you know, a camera or like a AI could look at that and be like, this is not a correct <laughs> amount of legs for an elephant or something like that. But us with our own brains are not able to, to isolate that, um, the sensor information because it autom- we automatically want to solve it to, exactly to, to, because oh I know what the shorthand of this is this is what an elephant looks like and it's obviously saying that and, and um, and you see as kids learn things that they don't previously know and it yeah. would, and it, would, um, and it would, but we did but that's across everything including our memories and including yes yeah. and it would be dumb to think that it's because our brains are broken or wrong like it's just it's it's heuristics like it's a it's a model like yeah, it's efficiency it's efficiency it's lab it's uh labor saving and it's energy saving um so it has practical use it just also has you know it has costs embedded in it um yeah and uh memory works the same like in it would be extremely cost laden and really cognitively probably quite destabilizing to have well, certainly to have immediate, like have total constant recall of every moment we've ever experienced. Um, and so uh, the caching out of memories and the aggregation of memories and the reducing and the simplifying of memories and the narrativizing of them, the storification of them into something that can be um, literally grasped by our day-to-day walking around cognition power is, um, you know, it's 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 perfectly sensible way for it to be. It just also, <laughs> it just put, it also includes a lot of limitations. It puts a lot of limitations on us as thinkers and as feelers, um, that we're contending with. And, you know, as much as you and I talking about it can know these things, we're still, we're still subject to them. Again, we can, we can unpack them and deconstruct them to a certain extent. And I think obviously I've, I feel like I've in particular been, um, strident in elevating ideas on the list that, allow for more of that, for more of that unpacking and resistance and, um, um, calibration around our heuristic limitations, but they're still there. And I think, um, so yeah, I mean, and obviously this is why I want to bring so much hostility of analysis to something like nostalgia, because if it has to exist at all, I want it, I want the limitations of it. Well, I guess I just want the straight up inaccuracies of it the trends towards inaccuracy of thought, inaccuracy of um, analysis. I want those to be known, highlighted, and mitigated and adjusted around as much as possible. 
Um, yeah, uh, I feel. Yeah, see, like- I, I think it, I think it, I, I I agree with the um, with the general thrust of that because uh, I guess just just to say it out loud, the obvious um, risks if you engage too much in a constructed past. Uh, as though you know, oh, everything was so much better then, or like this is how things should be, or whatever. As though you've got a, a capacity to make a neutral or um, uh, exhaustive assessment upon such things, um, and then you know that can that can rob you of joy in the the present, but it can also set some pretty um, uh, uh, deleterious or at at you know even you know even worse, just useless um, guiding stars for you in your in your own life, or you know how you think others should live or whatever and and because because uh, um you know the warmth of that feeling can be so real so is so real um for in many instances uh you know it can drive a compulsion to to have a determination to tell others how to live or to to you know steer yourself away from things that may be more it's, it's, it's just bad information i guess it's bad mm. information stacked on bad information and so um you know how you pick that up and use it as a mapping in your world is going to have all the consequences accordingly, potentially. But I also think like, um, you know, like if you stand in the sunshine, like, you know, you want to, you want to bound how much you stand in the sunshine because the sun is a, you know, murderous thing. And, um, you know, if you're not, uh, you know, aware of that and you just stand constantly in the sun, you're going to burn to a crisp and die and let down, you know, the, the streaming services to which you've subscribed to and, no exactly. longer get a monthly payment or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just trying to think of. I was trying to think of a proxy for family, um, and uh, and and. Uh, but but um, obviously that doesn't that doesn't that's not the main. It's not the only consideration, and then and then how you would rank something like enjoying the sunshine. Um, so I like I I, I think that uh, a lot of the the worst elements of um, the human behavior that comes off the back of nostalgia. I think that they could be pretty solidly bounded if they come couched in the understanding that uh, you're, um, you know, like, oh, God, you know, just se- season four of The Simpsons was just the best. That was the best TV was. And then you just watch the season and you enjoy it. And, like, and you don't go outside and kill anybody for, <laughs> what, for <laughs> enjoying a later season or you don't, you know, you don't block yourself off to the idea that there can be contemporary things that are also good. Or I don't know, just I, I think that... um I think that there can be a, an enjoyment of it that that is uh, that can just be like warming yourself by a fire in, in the yeah, same way. Obviously, yeah. Like looking, the idea of having fondness for a memory or for a previous time in life fe- feels like it, that should get to just be a perfectly nice, lovely thing. But I think that that's what nostalgia means. <laughs> I would like it is literally what it means. Um, I'm sure dictionary definition yeah. wise that here's my thing. And you hit the nail on, on the head with the Simpson analogy uh, before I just, I guess the, the interesting phenomenon <laughs> at play in life that isn't bounded, isn't happening just within the bounds of nostalgia, but all over the place, but we need to talk about it for a couple of minutes is like, why is it so hard to just, why does, why does liking one thing so often so constantly lead to disliking another thing or things like, like yeah. what is up there, you know, like, and I, and, you know, obviously, yeah, I have my, I, I think I'm a pretty, I think I'm pretty outlier low on that compared to other people. And I still fall into it sometimes. Like the idea of just being like, Oh, I remember just, I remember, um, 
I had a friend years ago, you know, he's still my friend, but he's lived out of town for ages, so I don't see him much anymore. And um, he would be the sort of person who would be um, critical of most things in the spheres of life that we were all moving in um, to the point where people would think of him as a bit of a grump. And um, I used to, once I got to know him really well, like I, I really, he's a great guy. And when you, and he, he just had these certain key obsessions, you know, these particular styles of music that he liked, particular technologies and processes he was into, and he loved them and he was an obsessive expert on them. And the way I would describe him to people after I got to know him, I'm like, oh yeah, he, it's, yes, he's a huge hater of things. Like he's, he hate, he like, but he's, it's, it's actually that he's, a, it's bo- it's all born of love. Like as in what's actually going on is he loves the things that he loves so much that he can't understand why everything in life can't be just those things. <laughs> and, mm. and that was, uh, yeah, it's, it's weird. And I would say that to kind of defend him, but also I found it impossible to relate to because like for me, I don't know, like, um, I can be, obviously, you know me, uh, and listeners, you, if you've listened to the podcast, you know that I can be a very hard marker on all kinds of things when you're talking about the, in the abstract. Also though, like in my day-to-day emotional life, I'll get, I'll be pretty breezy about most things and give most things a break because, um, you know, like I'm enjoying the things that I'm enjoying. I can opt out. I'm, I'm, I'm living this luxurious life where I can opt out of most of the things I don't want to, I don't think are as good, or I can minimize my engagement with them, or I can just be sanguine about the fact that they are just one other phenomena that will exist and then cease to exist at one point. Yeah. Let let me put it this way. My love of season four of the Simpsons does not lead me to be upset about the fact that there are now 30 bad seasons of the Simpsons happening somewhere where I don't have to watch them. And, um, yeah, yeah. my, my enjoyment, all the things that I enjoyed about being a kid in the nineties, for instance, did not preclude me enjoying all of the things that are uniquely great about now. And, uh, yeah, I guess this thing, if nostalgia didn't lead to invariably to the phrase, they don't make them like, they don't make them like they used to anymore. <laughs> like I wouldn't have to have a problem with it. I, I see. I think that you can have, uh, you can absolutely have nostalgia about like a, a nostalgia for something that you completely separate out from wanting that to be an existing uh, present. Like I, I think, um, like it's an interesting one for me at the moment because I'm in Hungary, where obviously there was, um, you know, communism for many decades, and the society was entirely different. And you know, some people have, understandably, nostalgia for elements of that. And I don't think that that I often see that presented as something that isn't like, you know, I wish everything was like that again. It's more just like, so I, I just wanted to cut in before to say that it's, it's not even just about a fond, like a fond memory of the past, I, I, which I think is important to have the distinction with because as you said that is sort of the direct definition but there's also it's it's like its own like like say if the memory of the past is a cake the nostalgia is like a bit of icing that you're putting on it it's it's like this additional enjoyment of something that i I think doesn't i think you can be nostalgic for something that you didn't enjoy as well like to think about a hardship uh that you went through or like um and then you know you go back to that place and then you know like maybe physically and you're like oh yeah that's right that was you know ah i missed that even though you wouldn't you know, flick a switch if it was in front of you to return to that moment. Um, and I think that that is both the good and the bad of the um, the concept and its impacts because you could take that and then I, I think it's very much down to what you do with that information. Um, like I, I don't, I also don't think you could tell everyone not to be nostalgic like by decree and then um, I don't think that would solve problems or... Um, and I don't want to do... I think it's it's... 
Yeah. I don't I don't want to stop people having fond memories of things or thinking, you know, like, because, um, yeah, I think it's a good point in terms of, like, yeah, I can think, like, yeah, I mean, obviously both of, like, we have history um, ranked really highly and I think, like, it's, yeah, it's currently uh, number 16 of 108 ideas and I think um, one of the things you can do in your engagement with history is to... Um, really think, you know, allow the past to be vivid for you, even the past you haven't experienced, be it as, as vivid and as known as it can be, and to think about the the wonder and the one, the wonderfulness of those eras and the horror of them and the challenge of them and be glad of those, be gl- you know, just, just be glad to know about it and be glad to have it and to think about, yeah, I, the idea of marinating in a sense of those places is good and I th- obviously what you're saying, but what you were getting at before, I mean, we've, we've come across this with some of the ideas on the list before, which is just the potential to elevate the best or at least the most neutral version of the, of the idea by having it on a ranked list like this, where all of the, the component ideas that yeah. drag it, drag it down are ranked below. I mean, and at the moment again and again, like as we're talking about it, the idea, the thing that is um actually the poison to this idea again and again, feels like romanticization, like romanticizing yeah. the, the past. Like everything that we're talking about in terms of like creating a, like a good versus bad dialectic or, or um, a natural versus unnatural dialectic is um, between the past and the, and the present. That's, you know, it involves a certain level of romanticizing the past. At the moment we have romance at 95 out of 108 ideas. So just the very fact that we've got that and probably <laughs> a lot of related ideas um, certainly, I mean, n- naturalism, like we've got natural rated at 106 out of 108. It's our third bottom idea. And I'm thinking yeah. about that in terms of, um, so shifting baseline syndrome, which to me is kind of an, is a strong, but not necessarily is a fairly neutral phenomenon, which is like, you know, the, the world you are born into is your idea of natural. And then also you can be frog boiled into X amount of normalizing of whatever situation that you would heretofore not imagine being able to tolerate. Um, those, are, those, those, that's a thing that is true. And, um, to me, just having a shifting baseline that just having, just having nostalgia for the, for the first base, for your first baseline of no, normality isn't bad in and of itself, nightmare. but nightmare. it's, it's, um, it's 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 the net. It's I, I think I think if you if it was on your list, if if like if I know someone on their list of a hundred and whatever ideas, nostalgia is in the top ten. Like that's that's a nightmare. Yeah, I think. yeah. Um, but but I don't think that means that the idea itself is poison. Like also, the same would be true if um, for most of our ideas, right? It's true. Yeah. I mean, let's look in the mid. If we if we look in the middle of the list, like the kind of neutral middle, like yeah, like um, you know, if we look around the like 50 something, if you've got something like, yeah, if you've, if, yeah, if you've got, uh, an idea like, um, gyms or pornography or underdog, these are all pretty neutral ideas, but if someone's got, yeah, if you met someone and they had them in their top 10, you'd be like, whoa, but, um, yeah, Yeah. but having just, yeah, but you go, okay, no, yeah. And you really do for nostalgia. Yeah. This is, yeah, more so so than those, yeah, more so than those other ideas maybe. And, um, yeah, I feel like, I don't know. It just seems like a strong organizing principle for a lot of people and a thing that is weaponized. Obviously this is the other, I mean, let's face it. This is the other thing we yeah. haven't talked about yet. It is a, it is a deliberately weaponized thing, um, phenomena that people are using for, um, cynical gain, like cynical means, or at least, you know, if, if they're not literally sitting there with 
sinister or predatory thoughts in their head, they're at least using it yeah. in a sort of they people they've been trained to know that they can get types of engagement and um uh you know like audience outcomes from it and that's happening and um it's just a bad roadmap i think people are legitimately using it in ways that uh, uh, the, uh sorry as in we i think people are well intentionally using weaponizing in ways that have put very poor outcomes because it's just not a good just not a good map for reality. You know, you can't step in the same river twice. You can't pretend to under to exhaustively understand the conditions of, of you know, of basically basically everything. Yeah. Um, and um, no, that's that's not fair. But it's certainly in terms of uh, the, the things that we attach to nostalgia. People aren't nostalgic for you know the laws of thermodynamics. People are nostalgic for um, you know the the way a park used to be, or you know, like the way a society was, or how people were nice, or like what people were, or just all these things that you just absolutely cannot claim to know. Um, and certainly, um, it's one ridiculous to claim to know those things, and then two ridiculous to claim that you can recreate them, um, or that you would know how to, or that uh, that that would be desirable. Um, and so I think I think so that I get the I really get the apprehension, but I think that. Um, you know, like I, I see this idea as being above tradition, for example, on our list. And tradition's not tradition's quite low, I think, from memory. But um, yeah, I still think that uh, that feels right uh, off the top of my head like, in terms of yeah. I mean, tradi- let's just say yeah, there is. I know it's harder to argue for a, for a neutral concept of tradition. Like tradi- yeah, tradition is pretty yeah, tradition's pretty low. It's like it's ninety. It's idea number ninety at the moment. So yeah, like. You're very um, low. Yeah, yeah. So I so I don't think nostalgia is is down is down there in the the same bin. But I obviously, sorry, not obviously. But I, I also think that like there's a, you know, it's uh its existence isn't justified without being below a, a healthy chunk of the at least all the top thirty. I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And then and then it's th- and then we're measuring it on its own merits against other things. And, totally. You know, and again, like things some like of which will be better than some of which will be worse. Than. That's it. And obviously, like having tradition below it, for instance, protects it because you know that's one of the things that that's one of the sub ideas that if you draw it out of it is um like makes it more neutral. Yeah. I mean, the things. Yeah. There are, of the remaining things I'd want to say before we got to ranking, I'd just you know point out other just really dumbly obvious things like going back to the memory vibe like nostalgia like you know nostalgia allows us to think it allows us to remember just the good components or like to dwell in the good components of the past without remembering you know like as in it's not just it's not just a nice memory of the past it's a memory of the past as nicer than it was which again like it's not the worst thing in the world but it's it's there's an insidiousness to it when coupled with the other things that aren't Really isn't great, and then well, it depends how high stakes the situation is yeah, for exactly. you as well. Like you know, you could be, you could be, you could go back to, you could, you, you could take everyone you know to this pie shop that you went to as a kid, and it's like, oh yeah, that, that's okay. Oh yeah, it's not as good as I remember, or whatever. Yeah. Um, but or you could, you could, you could recreate the conditions around which you first fell in love with someone and connected with someone, and and you know, know that that's the best way to engage with someone. And no, no, you need to do this like this, and you know, it's it's going to be potentially ruinous to yours and someone else's yeah. life. Um, or think the ways to, that to frame your engagements like that, or if you do it to other people in your society as well. Totally. Sorry. Or if you, yeah, that I think that's the last one where you go like, oh, I have a nostalgic memory of a certain type of um, construction of the family unit that was dominant in the country I lived in when I was a kid, and that is that drives me to want to assert that as the as optimal for all people. You know, that's when you get into, um, yeah. yeah, that's dumb. That's dumber. And um and also you know obviously yeah. my bias is here. It also relates to the, to a lot of the stuff that I find 
fun and interesting to engage with. Like, for instance, you look at a relatively low stakes example, like people just being people's nostalgia for the popular culture, for the media, the music, the film, the TV of their of their childhood or their youth, leading them to th- to think of the newer stuff as um as a as a as a failure to attain that same standard, not just as different, yeah, not that's as so good. Tedious. Yeah, it's tedious, and it's tedious because a it misses the fundamental fun and joy, or just the reality of the pump of counterculture and culture, which is the reason that the new stuff is different is because it exists in response to that stuff. Like for new, for, like at some point you have to, you literally have to do the thing that is different to the other thing. And if you think what you want is just, um, if you think what you would have enjoyed more this whole time is just replications of the same thing, like just the same chewing gum, but with less and less flavor, yeah. you would trust me, yeah. whatever, whatever is upsetting. If yeah, listener, if you, th- if you think what is upsetting is that there is a new genre of music that you don't like, um, trust me, the, endless dominance from the time it was first out of the genre that you loved, that would have been a, that would have been a howling nightmare. That, that would be a howling nightmare. Whatever alternate reality you're living in where that's happening is so much worse. Um, I promise. It just doesn't exist anyway. Cause even if it's, even if something is the same genre, it's not the same subject or it's not the same people. It's not the same context. It's just, just things don't exist like that. You can't just replicate like things. Yeah. And the complexity of things that you think of as static is, is, uh, yeah unknowable in so many instances. And it's great that it doesn't exist like that because the new because the yeah the transformation of the transformation of um cultural product is delightful and fun and exciting uh, and pops up good stuff. And of course it's going to be a mix of good and bad stuff and of course um of course the things that um uh like the like the like anything that becomes culturally ubiquitous um is easy to get sick of. Um but that's that's about the delivery systems of cultural product. That's not about the cultural product itself, um, not really. And um, yet the uh, or, or you know like the two things exist in tension with each other and affect each other. But like yeah, it's um, I don't know. Like it, it, <laughs> dwelling in nostalgia a lot of time. I just feel like people are missing out on a lot of what's great now. <laughs> they just it just makes it makes it hard for them to decode the signal of newness. And it makes it hard for them to enjoy a lot of enjoyable newness. But I but think- as you said at the top, you know, like if you just want to enjoy something from the past because you enjoy it more, even including the nostalgia loading, great. Like, why does that preclude um, other things from existing? Like, who cares? Like, exactly. Yeah. As in, like, <laughs> you, don't, yeah. You, don't, you don't you don't have to demark. Yeah. It, and that demarcation, that's I don't think that's just a function of nostalgia. It's definitely fueled to a higher intensity because of the extra joy that people get. Yeah. When they're nostalgic about something, but. Um, and it may not be intuitive, but like for, like the existence of something, even the existence of something that is constructing itself as a critical response, even like a deliberate enemy to the thing I love, is no threat to me and the thing that I love. Not really. Like not if it's not, unless until the moment where it's actually taking arms to eradicate me and the thing that I love. And then Destroying sure. it, yeah. But if it's yeah. just... But if it's and just, all that stuff is below, it's out of the, hopefully out of the purview of the well-constructed list of ideas that we have. Exactly. It will be because of our perfect construction of said list. And I think this, Mm. and again, I think we're circling Mm. back to what you said, which is, yeah, I think sensibly this is an idea that is very gameable um, in that we can, we can find a a chill space for it just by strategically putting it in the right spot. Um, But yeah, but again, And I think it's like that example I gave before of like the pie, you know, you take everyone to the pie shop and it's not as good. I think there's a real... There's a real grace in re- realizing and feeling that distinction because you can enjoy something from the past and then have the grace to let go that it doesn't exist anymore and still be like, oh, that was good, or, or you know, you know, and that can, um, 
Yeah, I, I, and uh, I, I don't know. Like, you, you don't want to take that information to you don't want to take that signal to to places that it shouldn't go, which is why it really needs to be. Well, it's just why it's not such a great idea because it's not like, oh yeah, nostalgia is good because it lets you know when things were good <laughs> and and what to do. <laughs> like, no, it's not. It's not. It's not. That's not the information. The information that you get is, oh, I can enjoy something that I experienced uh, in a like, and uh, which has its risks. So, yeah. um, I think we're good to slot it in. Totally, yeah. I I really Sorry. do as well. And um, yeah, it's um, yeah. And I'll just obnoxiously before we do, I'll just I'll just say one more time because um. It's just such a smug articulation for me to get to and for and to further interrogate. The future is just like, yeah, the th- the things in the world that are presenting themselves as the opposite posit from the thing you love are no threat to the thing you love. Um, cool. So let me have a looky look. So above tradition, so I might just do, I might just do a big uh, cruise, particularly because this is a, a part of the list where we might not have looked at for a while. So I might just do a speed run of 30 ideas just for the fun of it. Um, and, uh, I'll go, I'll go in, uh, order down the list. So I'll start from idea 30, 40. I'll start from idea 50 and go down. Um, actually I'll start from idea 60 and go down and, um, uh, cause yeah, 60 is anniversaries, which feels quite, neutral although underdog actually male is two above it and that's our 58 male is 58 and it's our real it is male is due to your predictions uh sorry in line with your predictions right back in episode one chris it is really holding as the midpoint of the list um and um so i'm going to burn down dangerous freudian slip there with the duty of predictions yeah young um is this podcast just a predictive model (laughs) (laughs) it's if anything it's that I'm going to go down from the mail, um, about 30 ideas, do a little run, and then you give me a sense of what zony zone you think could be good. Because right on the mail, we've got underdog, which is kind of a spicy idea, actually. And then we've got anniversaries, jobs, cruises, cheating, cuckold, cults, podcasts, name-calling, nudity, actualization, perfection, journalism, fashion, treasure, Inheritance, burnout, marriage. I don't think it's as bad as I used to. You, you think? Yeah, you think we're in the worsey worses of, of all of those? Of um, because yeah, I did look at Underdog yeah. and I'm like, oh, Underdog's kind of bad. Yeah, jobs are kind of. But uh, Underdog was another one. It's kind of a comparable one as well because yeah. it was uh, one where um, once we were able to remove it from the the narrativization, the weaponization of the concept of Underdog, then again, it's just something you can enjoy. But I think nostalgia is something you can enjoy more. So I think it has to go above Underdog. Yeah, and under the mail. Well, what if I burn up? Um... And Tom is less as well. Yeah, totally. Oh no, it's not. Sorry, Tom's. Because yeah, if I go up mm. from mail a bit, going up now, there's mail, okay. e- esports, intersectionality, pornography. It's not as good. As, not it's as not good as good as, as esports. Yeah, it's yeah. not as good as esports. No. Nah. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Goodness, yeah, we've just found the range so easily. I think wow. we. I don't know. I just. I don't want to talk about like obviously, Chris. The ten thousand hour principle has been discredited. Um, but uh, that let that not discredit. Well, the discreditation the, of that will be discredited subsequently as well. Exactly. Life's good that way. Um, but yeah, at the, at the, either way, the, the basic <laughs> the basic mechanic of experience as a thing at play in the world when it comes to, for instance, putting every human idea on a yeah. um, ranked list of best yeah. to worst, um, it's a play yet again yeah. because we have um, 
we've we've freaking done it as the um as the TikTokers say. Great. So that's coming in at the new num <laughs> at the new if it's right under mail, it comes in at the new number fifty nine. Which you know I love that. I can't believe that that's great. Yeah, that's great. Really, really well above um feels about right. Yeah, it feels about right. Like I said, it's I like it's five spots above cheating, which you know, like I always lo- like going back I mention cheating a lot when we do the list because it's the one it's the worst idea that I'm really warm on, <laughs> as in nostalgia, yeah. mis- as again, nostalgia, perfectly neutral idea that I, in terms of my personal biases, are kind of like hissing at, just because I don't, you know, it's not my flavor. But, um, and I have other baggage around it that, that presents my access to it. But um, the, uh, which maybe I should have talked about more, but the, um, but cheat, whereas cheating is something that has a lot of instinctive appeal for me, but obviously is like savagely cost laden. And again, they feel, you know, they're in the ballpark with each other, but yes, cheating just, yeah, cheating has to be lower. Sick. God, we've done it. Well, I think you want to construct your society where in a way that cheating just doesn't need to exist. And exactly. I don't think the same is true of nostalgia. Whereas we're constructing a society, whereas we're also constructing a, style, a society where nostalgia can be fine. You know, that's the difference, right? Cheating, you want to yeah, exactly cheating. Yeah. You you know cheating. If you have a top hundred, you probably still want it to be, you know. Well, again, like with these hundred ideas, it probably still want to be in there. And when we, I don't know, when we've got a thousand ideas, maybe yeah. you, maybe it'll be like, well, yeah. If you have a thousand ideas, it needs to be in there. But maybe, yeah. Oh, God, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun when we regardless. Have- I think you can agree we are constructing a society. <laughs> That's the main thing. <laughs> We live in a society, brackets, constructed by Chris Andrew and Nick Delatovic, close brackets. <laughs> and in that society, Malcolm Gladwell, like fashion, goes in cycles. Yeah. And with that, we've spoiled the plot of the next Joker film. Um, <laughs> Predetermined. It's gonna, exactly. It's going to be a musical. Um, Chris, thank you so much, uh, as always. And um, I'll look Thanks forward to you, yeah, and I'll look forward to finding out exactly what number this episode is once it goes up, as we always do. In the meantime, um, <laughs> feel f- uh, we would love it if you brought up anything in this podcast that you found yourself passionate to combat with. You can get in contact with us anytime, um, DM or publicly uh, on our Instagram. Um, we have a Twitter as well. And um, otherwise, uh, yeah, um, tell a friend. Uh, who you think might be activated around this idea or any of the ideas that are recent episodes about the podcast. That's a direct request I'm making. Um, thank you so much. We'd love that. Yeah, we'd, we'd love it. There was, we're asking because we'd love it. And um, yeah, uh, we, uh, as always, appreciate you listening. Right. Sometimes commotion, sometimes love